Hi, everybody. It's Devan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. Hope that you're doing very well. This is a slightly lengthy podcast, but well worth listening to, I think, because it encapsulates a lot of the conflict resolution approaches that I take with regards to, to other people. And there's a gentleman named David who I had a bit of a flare-up with, or who had a bit of a flare-up with me, in the chat room, and uh, then um, it lay fallow for a couple of days, and then we had a conversation about it. And I just wanted to publish this so that you could get a sense of at least how I see the roots of conflict go very, very deep. And if we work at just the surface level, all we can do is suppress symptoms. We can't actually get to root causes. So I hope that this will make some sense. I'm just going to read a short excerpt from the chat itself, and then you can hear our discussion of it to attempt to resolve the conflict. The discussion was to do with podcast 998 and uh, this conversation that I had with uh, somebody who'd posted a critical video of Free Domain Radio on YouTube. And the central issue in the Free Domain Radio chat window centered around the question of the appropriateness or positivity or negativity of the word gossip. Because this gentleman named David said about somebody named Greg that Greg was a gossip, and Greg took some exception to that, and then David said that, um, uh, he said that it was not a negative word. David said that he was not using gossip as a negative word, but rather as a descriptor. And this is where I came in and saw that David was saying that, um, he said to me, I'm not using gossip as a slur or a negative, just as a descriptor, and I said, oh, it's a negative, no question about that. And then he said to me, oh, well, never mind then. I take it back. It wasn't gossip. And that seemed to me a bit manipulative in my, in my experience. So then I asked him, do you think it is a positive term? And David replied, he said, I think it is a neutral term. So I asked the group as, in general, does anyone else think it has no negative connotations at all? There is no malicious gossip, I said. Sorry, there is malicious gossip, but not kind gossip. And then somebody grabbed the definition and said, gossip, noun, causal or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involve de involving details that are not confirmed as being true. He became the subject of much local gossip. Chiefly derogatory, a person who likes to talk about other people's private lives. And then David asked, uh, useful gossip, though? And somebody else said, I can definitely see how it could be a negative. When you hear about gossip at work, it usually means people spreading rumors or slandering people. And I said, right, it's a negative term. And uh, somebody said, I have known it to be used in a neutral fashion, I think. And I said, I never have. And then David said, okay, then I'll be sure not to use the term around you unless I mean it to be negative. And again, that seemed to be a little bit passive-aggressive because it, we were avoiding the basic facts, right? And I said, no, as you saw from the definition above, it is a negative term, right? I didn't want it to be reframed as a word that I irrationally perceived as negative, and then David was going to just adapt his behavior to my irrational standards, because there are objective ways of looking at words, uh, and so on. And then, um, as I said, it's a negative term, and then David said, chiefly derogatory. And that seemed to me kind of evasive and a little bit, you know, if you'll excuse the term, a little bit Weasley, because he said, gossip is a neutral term. And now he said, well, I'm going to rescue the neutrality by saying that the definition says that it's only chiefly derogatory. In other words, it's only 99% negative. But of course, by saying neutral, he's saying it's 0% negative. 
So if he switches from 0% negative in terms of his definition of a word to, well, it's only 99% negative and I'm going to sit in that 1%, that is a change of definition. And if it's not acknowledged, then it ex I experience that, and I think with some reason, with a lot of reason, as, uh, uh, as manipulative. So at this point, I kind of knew the score, right? And, or at least <laughs> I felt that I knew the score. So I said, what's the problem? If you use a negative term unjustly, just apologize and move on. What's with all the dodging? And he said, well, it's because that's not how I use the word. And I had clarified my intent uh, to Greg. And I said, but the use of words isn't up to you, though, right? If you make an error in the use of a word and use a, derogat der a derogatory word in error, you can just apologize, right? It's not a big deal, I think. And I put a little smiley face in. And he said, uh, and I apologize for seeming negative or derogatory, and I offered a clarification, and other people seem to think that my use of the word makes sense. And I said, well, I just saw you saying it was a neutral word, which is not true. He said, you are correct. The definition in the dictionary clearly categorizes gossip as chiefly derogatory. And he said, I apologize for my use of the word in the non-dictionary standard. And this again made me... <laughs> It got sort of even more annoying because then it's, you know, again, the, the way that it seems to position uh, me or, or other people is that it's like, well, if you guys are just so anal that you don't, you know, you get upset at a non-standard word, I apologize to pacify your crazy anality or something like that. And then somebody said, you know, all this quibbling over definitions isn't really getting you any closer to the frustration Greg was feeling. Now I'm starting to feel a little annoyed at this conversation, and I certainly was experiencing that as well because it just felt like a whole lot of fogging and evasion. And then uh, David said, I thought we were making progress, Greg, until we had to start looking up the definition of gossip because Steph wanted to talk about it. And that made me even more irritated <laughs> because it's not that I just suddenly wanted to talk about it. I saw a non-factual statement, which seemed kind of evasive. And, and to me, it's like, saying, it's like me saying to you, you're a jerk. And then you get upset and I say, no, 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 I don't mean that in a negative way, which kind of adds insult to injury, like I've kind of insulted you. And then I've said that you have misperceived my intention and maybe you're a little paranoid or maybe you're a little high strung, but that's not what I meant. And then I can apologize just to pacify you. Things get kind of complicated and messy in that uh, sort of situation. And then David said, and now Steph wants me to apologize for using the word not in the standard usage. When I already apologized and clarified my meaning to you, the person who I was actually or who I was addressing the statement towards. And I said, well, you just made a false statement, and I called you on it. That's what I said. And I said, um, but if you're making great progress, I'll leave you to it. And then I left, right, because I was not, uh, and the reason that I left was that I knew that the roots of this kind of problem in communication, you know, when things just get kind of really freaky <laughs> really quickly, these kinds of problems go very, very deep into both history and the personality, as you'll see from the subsequent chat that we had about this interaction. And uh, I was too uh, angry at this point and felt too manipulated and, and so on, and sort of insulted, right, that uh, I wasn't going to be able to say anything positive or pleasant. And uh, I also don't like saying, well, I'm really angry and slamming, the, you know, just leaving, right? So I said, well, if you guys are making great progress, you should continue. And I genuinely felt that was true. Because uh, if people say, like, I mean, if people don't want me to interrupt, they thought they were doing an RTR conversation. And if people don't want me to interrupt an RTR conversation, I know there's something very strange going on because I did kind of come up with the idea and write the book. So, you know, it's sort of like saying to the expert who came up with the idea, don't interrupt us, we're, we're implementing your idea. And so I just knew that there was some very strange stuff
uh, going on. And as I later reviewed the chat window, I found that uh, David had said earlier that he used to use the word gossip in a negative way, but now he uses it in a neutral way. And that to me is just, I mean, he's a very intelligent fellow. And uh, uh, so there's no way, if he knows that the word is almost always perceived as negative and he uses it, he can't then defend it by saying he didn't mean it in a negative way. I mean, that just logically doesn't follow. Now, the conversation that we talk about a little later in the conversation we had about this interaction, uh, David had some criticisms of me. He's a very well-educated and very intelligent graduate student, and he had some criticisms of the way that I used the metaphor of slavery in the book on real-time relationships. And he had, uh, uh, he had sent me a couple of emails criticizing my use of uh, the historical accuracy of certain aspects of, the, um, uh, of the, my use of slavery in the RTR book. And so we'd had a conversation about it where he'd spend about 35 or 40 minutes going at me about, and, you know, not in a negative way, but it, I thought it was uh, uh, somewhat unresolved because I felt that some of his criticisms were not valid. And I wasn't sure exactly what the motivation was. And it seemed like an odd thing for me to, you know, talk about in terms of RTR. Because RTR is like a really complex and challenging set of principles for improving interpersonal relationships. And so it seemed odd to me that the only thing that he would focus on as something to talk about with the author is some details of a historical metaphor. But, you know, we had the conversation and uh, it was uh, pleasant and positive. And, uh, and, and I published it uh, in the Gold Plus section. Uh, Slavery as Metaphor, I think, is the name of the podcast. You can check it out if you've donated 100 bucks or more. And so later on, when we start mentioning about this conversation, I just wanted to put that in context so you understand it. What I was sort of saying was, look, you challenged me on a, factual, a whole set of factual issues, and we had a very positive discussion about it, and I published it for, you know... <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of people to, to hear uh, any time that they want. But when I challenged you on a factual definition, you got kind of passive-aggressive and evasive and manipulative and, and fogging and insulting, as sort of my experience was. And so there was a real difference in the way that fact-challenging was experienced or was enacted by uh, yourself and myself. And that's just so you understand what we're talking about a little bit later in the conversation. So with that having been said, uh, please uh, take a, uh, a bit of time to listen to this next podcast. I think it's very important to help understand why papering over these issues rather than getting to the root of them uh, doesn't really help eliminate conflict in the long run. And this, of course, is a podcast that I think will be very helpful for you in your personal relationships. You know, what does it matter about a little fracas on a free domain radio chat board? It doesn't matter at all. What does matter is getting to the root of conflict in relationships. And this is a process that my wife and I have gone through a number of times when we've had odd and repetitive conflicts. And so this is a process that I'm sort of offering to you as a way of uh, not just reducing but eliminating these kinds of conflicts in your personal life. And one conversation doesn't always do it, but this is the approach and the complexity that is at the root of these kinds of, of uh, conflicts. And so I hope that you will uh, uh, take to heart the, the lesson that's sort of in here about getting to the root of these conflicts. So thank you for your patience and interest. I look forward to your donations, and I will talk to you soon. Uh, David? Yes. It's, uh, it's your meeting. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I was wondering what, what happened. Uh, it uh, um, was not a... Uh, textbook example of um, of what what I would consider a, a good interaction all around um, not to I, I don't mean that in a 
in a judgmental way um, other than just an observation. And I, I don't know, would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, no, no question. It wasn't positive, for sure. Okay. And I was wondering you know, why that was, what, what happened to, uh, to um, derail that so ugly, 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 um, so um, horrifically. And uh, I, I guess my question is, what was your what was your experience of that? Uh, I, I sensed um, frustration and um, irritation. Um, is that is that accurate? Oh sure, yeah, no question. And um, my I guess my my guess would be that it's because you. Uh, uh, thought that I was um, dodging, that I was being uh, dishonest or, or not honest. Yeah, I mean, my, my certainly my experience, and, and this was just my experience, though I think that, that there's some evidence for it, whether you know we, we accept that or not. But certainly my experience was that uh, I did not feel that you were scaling the, the, highest, the highest possible you know, heights of, of uh, integrity and honesty and um, uh, and I felt that there was not uh, uh, any way to move forward uh, from my part in the discussion, and so I didn't continue in the discussion because um, there was no. I didn't feel that I was an environment. I was in an environment where um, uh, I could rely on uh, uh, on your uh, integrity and honesty, which I know you have. But in this particular environment, I didn't feel that it was there, which is just my feeling. Um, and so I felt frustrated and uh, and angry enough that uh, there was not much point me staying in. The and like I felt angry and frustrated enough that there wasn't any point me staying in the interaction, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, and I, that's just my experience, right? That's that's and this is no. I mean, I certainly don't have the final word on anything, but that was certainly my experience. Right, right, and, and was that surrounding my. Um, my um, refusal to uh, to admit um, about the um, about the uh, the word gossip and my my use of the word gossip. Well, there were a few things that uh, that troubled me. Uh, first of all, gossip is a negative word. I mean that, that there's some words that have some sort of gray area meaning, but um, gossip is not one of them. And I just sort of glanced over the chat. Um, log a little earlier, and um, uh, and you had said that um, uh, that you had known that that it was a negative term, right? When you were a Christian, right? Right. So when I said um, I, I didn't know what the debate was about, I, I mean, I, I think that you were talking about Aaron. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what the debate was about, but my experience was sort of come in, and you're saying that uh, it's not. Uh, a negative term, and that just struck me as an odd statement from you know a highly intelligent and educated person. It struck me as a very odd statement that uh, to make to say that gossip is not a pejorative or a negative term. So I said, well, it is, right? I mean, you know that that's just for me. That's not one of these gray areas and the the definition. So you said it's a neutral term, right? Right. And uh, um, I said, no, it's not a neutral term. It's a negative term. 
And then the definition was put forward uh, where it said it's chiefly derogatory, and you said, ah, chiefly, right, not totally, right? And that's, but that's, that's a shift in definition, right? If you say that something is neutral, uh, and then you say, well, it's, <laughs> it's only chiefly derogatory, not totally, that, that's a shift in definition. And that seemed to me kind of uh, defensive. Again, that was just my experience of it. Um, uh, and so uh, I didn't. And then there was something about um, uh, that, uh, that, you know, that's not the way that I use the word and so on. But, but of course, you don't get to make up any more than I do. Uh, you don't get to make up definitions of words. And so, you know. so um, I found that to be, to be sort of frustrating and, uh, and unpleasant. And then, and so I thought that, I mean, my experience was, or my, my story or perception was that you were just kind of being defensive, right? And you were just kind of fogging, you know, or, or making stuff because you felt bad or frightened or angry or upset or something like that, that I was just saying, no, this is a factual statement that needs to be cleared up, right? Because, uh, anyway, we don't have to get into the because. Uh, and, and then what happened, at least for me, was... Um, you then said that you already had apologized, and it seemed to me that you hadn't, and that, of course, raised my alarm bells. Because I was just saying, look, if you, if you used a pejorative term and didn't mean to, you just apologize. I mean, then we move on, right? But, but when you start, to me, when you start sort of fogging and, and digging in uh, and changing definitions and so on, my alarm bells go off, right? Because that's, for me, uh, I experience that as manipulative uh, and destructive and using the word destructive in a very loose way, right? In, in, in a very, uh, actually, let me not use the word destructive because that's too uh, exaggerated a term. But uh, to me, that, that, that occurs for me as a manipulative kind of behavior. And, uh, and so we couldn't move forward, right? Because if there's a statement of fact that I feel is being evaded or dodged, then it's not, you, you can't move forward, right? At least I can't in, in, a, in a sort of conversation. And uh, then, um, I can't remember exactly what the phraseology was, but it was something like, you know, well, <laughs> I guess Steph just wants me to apologize for using a non-standard use of the word, right? right. And that yeah, struck and me I, as not only... Sorry? Oh, yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, finish, finish the sentence, then I'll... I'll uh... No, no, go ahead. Don't wanna, there's no need for me to have a monologue. Okay, yeah, I, I, um, I caught that at the time. As, as being something that was inappropriate. Uh, I, I definitely felt myself uh, getting irritated and, and frustrated, and um, and it came out as very uh, snarky and uh, sarcastic uh, behavior. And um, and I, I apologize. I apologized for that in the in the chat room, and, and I'd like to apologize again uh, because that was uh, that was definitely not a, an honest way to deal with it. And that's what that's what what stuck out for me. In the conversation, more than um, more than the the argument about about what the word gossip, uh, if if gossip is chiefly derogatory, or if it can be used not in a derogatory manner, or if uh, or if it's always a derogatory term, uh, rather than sometimes a derogatory term, or sometimes a descriptor, or or if it had been the right word to use or not. What stuck out for me was my reaction to it was that so the discussion was just. Growing frustration and uh, and unacknowledged frustration, uh, which I, again at, at the end, uh, towards the end, I, I caught it. Um, well, and then and, for me, like then, so then, and then you were talking to other people as if I wasn't there, which is well, also to me a kind of provocative thing to do. Well, uh, that's because Greg my, asked me a question. 
Greg asked, oh, David, tell me more about this frustration. I said, well, Greg, it's because I thought that you and I were having a conversation that was, uh, you know, making some progress before uh, before stuff came in. It, it was a direct response to something that Greg had asked me. Right. No, that's that's quite right. And uh, and so um, uh, and so there was uh, for me, there was an experience. of And oh, and there was like something about I, I can't I don't think it was you or somebody was or somebody was saying that, you know, we're just nitpicking about this, that and the other. And I can't remember if that was you or somebody else. And, and, that was and then the imp- sorry. That, yeah, that was somebody else. Yeah. And, and then so I generally got the sense that um, uh, that my uh, uh, I guess that my uh, perspective that this is a, a negative term, uh, it was like, well, Steph's interfering with our great use of RTR. And uh, and so for me, it was like, OK, well, um, <laughs> I'm only the guy who came up with it. So don't let me interfere with your application of it. Right. Uh, so so for me, I was just like, OK, well, uh, this is not a welcome intrusion. Uh, I'm not enjoying the interaction. Um, I don't have respect, which and this just my it doesn't mean it's not respectful. It just means my experience was I'm not respecting the the integrity of the participants. I'm not enjoying the interaction, and people aren't welcoming my participation. So I'm not going to continue. Right? I mean that, that there's no other logical thing to do at that point. Mm, right. The way the way that I. Uh... The way that I experienced the, you know, those last few exchanges was um, um, was that I I thought that I had um, you know done done a positive thing by um, by not debating the the meaning of gossip and and then moving on not moving on but moving um, towards addressing. The underlying feelings that were going on, or at least at least my my feelings. Well, I'm sorry. Thought... I'm sorry. To inter- sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, but and again, I wasn't here for this, and I just glanced over it, so I'm not. I can't quote anything verbatim, but my understanding was that Greg was upset by your um, use uh, of the word gossip, and when he said that he was upset, uh, you said that uh, you didn't mean it in a negative way, right? Well. Uh, what I was specifically talking about there was um, um, was uh, the last few few um, lines before you left, not uh, not uh, earlier. Like with with you, that I, I had stopped arguing about the meaning of the word gossip. And no, no, no. This is before I came along. This before I came along. Right. Yeah. But I think we're talking about two different time periods. Yes. So, so before I came along. You had used the word um, gossip, right. and Greg had said that he was uh, not, uh, uh, he felt uh, upset or, or unhappy or whatever. I can't remember what, what he used about that word, right? Right. And you said, well, I didn't mean it in a negative way, right? Right. I used to use that word in a negative way, you said before, but I, I use it now as a descriptor, not as a pejorative. Uh, right. Well, that's. I mean, I would say, in my in my humble opinion, that 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 and this before I came along, that's where the conversation started to go off the rails. Mm. Uh, because you explained away his feelings as incorrect, right? I don't. 
I don't think that that's. Uh, hmm. That uh, certainly wasn't my intention, and I think that I, I think I, I probed around a bit uh, about that more. Uh, like I, I think I said specifically that that um, well, that's not what I meant, but uh, but that doesn't mean that that cures the the irritation. Well, my understanding was, I mean, that, that might have been, this... been in reference to something else that he had said. Uh, so it might not have been in reference to the uh, to the gossip thing. Right. He said, I think it was just irritation at a sort of negatively charged word. No one ever says you're gossiping as a compliment. And he said, and you said, right, I used, I used to use it as a negatively charged word, but now I use it as a descriptor rather than an insult. Right? Right. Well, if when someone... I was a Christian, I would use it as such. Right. So that's that. That's explaining away, right? That's explaining away what he's. He's not exploring what he's feeling, right? Well, if if someone shows up late to uh, uh, to an appointment and um, and comes up and and the person there says, you know, I was feeling kind of frustrated and a little annoyed that you were late, and he says, oh, my car broke down. I'm I'm really sorry. I didn't I didn't mean to to make you upset. And it's like, oh, okay. But is that explaining away the frustration, or is that providing well, more but information? Dave, this is, this is the complexity, though, that we're dealing with, right? And this is, a, this is the reason why this went off the rails. There's a lot of complex stuff, in my opinion. But you know that the word gossip is generally perceived as a pejorative, right? Because you used to use it in that way. Right. Right? Right. So if you choose to use that word about somebody, it is a pejorative 99.999% of the time, right? No, you don't go up to somebody and say, you're a gossip, and they say, oh, thank you, right? Right. So you know that it's a negative word, right? That it's, let's put it this way. You know that it's perceived as a negative word because you yourself have used it. I'm not trying to catch you or, or you know, drag out some hideous thing. I'm just saying that, that given that you have used it for most of the past as a pejorative term, using it against somebody, you at least have the understanding that it, it is very likely to be perceived in a pejorative way, right? Yeah, that's certainly a possibility that I... That I... No, it's more than a possibility. Again, sorry to be a nitpicky guy, but that's that's what I do, right? I nitpick. Um, it's more than a possibility, right? Because you used to use it as a pejorative term, right? Well, I, I didn't. I also used to use it as a. You said at the risk he, of, I used to use it as a negatively charged word. At, at the risk of seeming like I'm splitting hairs, I used to use it as a pejorative term, but I also used to use it as a as a descriptor. Well, all I'm going is with what you said in the chat. I used to use right. it as a Yeah, I know, and I'm clarifying that. Now I use it as a descriptor. And I'm, and I'm clarifying that. Right. But if you know that it is a negatively charged word, right, and then you use it against somebody or in reference to somebody. And I'm just trying to tell you, like, because the important thing is is to not get into this kind of mess, right? 
I'm not saying this is, this is all your fault or anything, but I'm just talking about this particular thing, right? Because I think, I think that my, my personal opinion is that you're far too intelligent to not get this, right? I know that you're a very, very intelligent fellow, right? You're far too intelligent to not get this, right? Which means that there's a block, right? In my opinion, that that block doesn't mean that you're wrong about everything or this whole thing was your fault or anything like that. But for sure, if you used to use a word, and you're very well educated and well read, if you used to use a word as a pejorative, everybody experiences it as a pejorative, but then you redefine it for yourself as a descriptor or something like that, like that, that doesn't work, right? Like I can't, I can't say you're a jerk and then say, but I'm not using that in an, it's, it's a neutral word for me. Right. So, so it's like, um, it's like I, I wanted to insult him, but then I didn't want to admit that I wanted to insult him. Well, I think because, because that... Because if, if I'm too smart to not realize it, then I must have known it when I said it. Well, if, if, it, was, if it was the case, and, and look, I don't believe that you had any malicious intent here at all. That's my opinion, right? I do believe that you used a word that was negative, and when someone got hurt, you didn't want to deal with that. And so you redefined the word into something else. Are you saying that I redefined the word um, after? Like I had known full well that he was going to take offense no, to No, no, I don't, I don't, sorry, I don't think that you consciously used the word to hurt him, or I, I don't think, I don't believe that you consciously did any of this. I think Thank that you, you used the word. And then what happened was someone said, hey, wait a minute, that's not a very nice thing to say to me. And I think, my opinion is, that you kind of panicked a little, right? And like, no, 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 I don't mean it in a negative way, right? Like, do, do you think that I, that I consciously, before I got you know, called out or whatever on it, that I consciously was thinking that the word was a descriptor? No, I, do, I don't think you were thinking consciously about it at all. Because you're far too intelligent and far too well-educated to consciously think, I'm going to use the word gossip as a neutral word, and it's going to be fine. Because that would be the action of somebody who was, like, mentally retarded, right? And you're not in any way, shape, or form, right? So no, I believe no, that it... All right. So, I mean, you're a very, very smart fellow, and that's the respect that I've always given to you. And so smart people don't use pejorative terms if they think about it, right? Hmm. So, so my, my sorry, so my my guess, my sort of ridiculous pull out of my ass hypothesis, my ridiculous guess is that you grew up in an environment where language was really confusing and really painful. Which would mean that I, that I currently uh, lack the ability to consider my language. Um, no, I think it's now. it's not that you lack the the ability to consider your language. I think, and you can tell me if this is at all on the right track or not. But I think that you grew up in an environment where this kind of stuff was not unknown, right? This kind of like, what the hell happened? How did everybody suddenly get so mad, right? 
Oh, uh, yeah, between my sisters and I, yeah. Well, which, which, and it couldn't occur between your sisters and yourself if it didn't occur with your parents. Yeah, well, it's it's hard for me to confirm that with uh, with anecdotes um, or uh, no anecdotes call to mind. Uh, most of the most of the ones that I remember are um, my parents reacting in that sort of way to my sisters and I. Uh, in what sort of way? Oh. Hello. Hello. Uh, sorry, you just kind of. Hissed out a bit there, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, just sort of, um, like my sisters and I would, would bicker all the time, uh, all the time. And, um, and every so often my, um, my parents would, um, would, uh, try and, and snap down on that. Um, I don't know if that's the sort of uh, sort of thing you are uh, thinking of. Um, not particularly, no. Um, uh, well, well, tell me how uh, how is it that um, that your parents handled uh, aggression or or assertiveness or that kind of stuff? Uh, in in what context? In, um, in like the context of standing up to them, or like saying. Well, let me let me ask it in a bit more of a uh, a simple way. Um, were you scared of your dad? Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember being uh, being scared of my dad sometimes. I mean, he he wasn't a. Um, uh, physically uh, abusive dad, but I, I think that you, uh, I mentioned this in uh, in a post uh, a couple months back, I, the, I think you did a, you did, I, well, I know you did a podcast on it, um, where my dad would get mad uh, at my sisters and I and would uh, like ruffle his newspaper and um, stomp out of the room in response, which was a, a terrifying, terrifying experience. Why was that terrifying? Well, it's um, it's like um, it's nothing ever came of it other than just you know, dad being in a grumpy mood. Um, but uh, I mean, for kids, dad in the grumpy mood is can be uh, bad enough. Well, why? What was what was what 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 would happen when he was in a grumpy mood? What would what would uh... What would the, I mean, what's to be scared of, right? And I know, I mean, we don't just, you know, get scared for no reason, right? Right. I can't think of, of, a, of a physical reason that I would be scared. It doesn't have to be physical. Sorry, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be physical. In fact, I would be really shocked if it was physical. Well, it, what played out after? He, so what? What played out after he would get irritated or upset, would slam his paper down and would 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 storm out of the room or stalk out of the room or something? What would happen then? What would happen after that? Oh, my my sisters and I would be 
um, just sort of looking at each other in the, um, with a sense of fear and um, sort of like, uh-oh. But, but what would your dad do after that? So let's say that Nothing. this happened Nothing. at four o'clock after school. Right. Uh, what would din- what would the dinner table be like if your dad had stalked out earlier? Would it have any effect, or would he be perfectly back to normal within twenty minutes, or ten minutes, or half an hour, or an hour, or whatever? He would um, he would appear back to normal. Uh, he would um, yeah he would he would actually appear almost exactly back to normal. Okay, so he would be uh, angry uh, at something that you guys had done. Right. He would leave the room, and then he would go, he would be back to normal in 20 minutes. Um, yeah. Does that seem strange to you at all? Yeah, yeah. I'm not I, saying it's full or anything. Like, I'm just saying, well, does that seem strange to you at all? Yeah, I, I, it, it seems very strange. It seems that... Uh... I mean, if, if you look emotion. at happened, sorry to interrupt. If you look at what happened between you and I, it's been bothering both of us for days, right? Right. Yeah. So how on earth can you go back to normal in twenty minutes? Well, it means that the uh, that the feelings aren't um, aren't authentic. The feelings aren't authentic. Which feelings? Well, my father's feelings. Well, but but which feelings? We're talking about the angry feelings or the back to normal feelings? Um. Well. One or the other. Um, well, it seems like he would—he was genuinely upset. That doesn't mean that he was upset for a good reason, but it does seem that he was genuinely upset, right? Right. Now, if he gets upset, leaves the environment, and never talks about it, and, and appears to be back to normal, what happens to those feelings? They... Um... Well, the answer is that they got to go somewhere, but the uh, I have uh, I have no idea where they would go. Okay, let me ask you this then, and I appreciate you going along with this. I, I think it'll be helpful. But let me ask you this: What would have happened if, when you were twelve or thirteen or fourteen, when your dad slammed down his paper and stormed out of the room or left the room in a huff? If you'd have walked after him and said, Dad, it really bothers me when you do that, what would have happened? Because the way that it... it it, the, the way that you talk about it, which of course is entirely right, is that your dad didn't express himself, he just left the room, right? I was going to say that's sort of, that was his way of expressing that that's a better word, but that might be inflicting. Yeah, it's, manipul- it's manipulative or inflicting or whatever. But, but you and your sisters also were not self-expressed in that situation either, right? Because you weren't going after your dad and saying, Dad, what just happened here? How come, like, it's not nice for us when you slam the paper. I mean, it doesn't, you know, but, but what, what, what was happening? Can we find a better way of doing this? Or what do you, what do you, what's going on for you or whatever? And kids can do that. I've seen that happen. If they feel 
that they can say, wait, that really bothered me, right? I remember. Going I mean, kids to... do that if they don't get a candy bar they want, right? They can certainly do it if their dad's not doing something they like, right? Right. I remember doing that with my mother. Like, my father would, would get upset and storm out. And um, either later in the day or, or later in, uh, in the week, um, I would say to, to my mother, you know, Dad, I don't like it when Dad does that. And um, I, I don't remember that happening when I was younger, like talking to my mom about it. I don't remember that happening when I was younger, but I remember having it, uh, remember it happening when I was like uh, uh, high school age. Um, that my that um, uh, I, I would say to my mom, like, you know, I really don't, I really don't like this this whole repress the emotion thing that Dad does, and um, and she'd say, oh, I, I know, and I, I'm trying to, I try to talk to him about it, I try to, I know it's not, uh, it's not the best way to, to deal with it, and uh, but that's just sort of the way your father is. So that's the extent of, of trying to trying to confront that. Something is dancing on the uh, on the edge of my memory here. Um, I don't I don't know how accurate it is, but um, it's dancing on the end of my the edge of my memory that that I did say that to, to my father once that um, that I really didn't like how he was uh, treating us, but I, I can't, uh, I can't um, place the full memory. And you don't know what may have happened afterwards, right? Right. And, and I, I'm not even 100% sure that that, that that, that I actually did uh, start that conversation that might be uh, like a, a false memory. Now, how did you, um, uh, there, there must be situations as you gained more in knowledge and education, there must be situations where your dad said things that weren't true. Right, because you didn't like my slavery, parts of my slavery metaphor, right? And so you came up to me and you said, you need to, you know, look at this, this, and this, and this, right? Right. So this must have also occurred with your dad because you're educated in things that he doesn't know about, right? Right. So how does your dad take correction? I'm having trouble drawing a memory. Uh, just uh, let me try for another few seconds. The only the only memories that that are popping up are um, are examples where he might um, play it off as as if he was joking. Um, right. So he would say something that would be false, and you'd correct him and say, "Oh, I was only joking." Right. Right. But I, I'm I'm not sure if if those examples were actual. Um, attempts at, at humor or just sort of... Uh, well, you know, right? I mean, well, you know. Well, the, the thing is, these are all uh, 
Yeah, well, yeah. Now, do you realize just how, I don't know if you do or don't, right, how astoundingly strange this all is? Uh, what aspects? Every aspect that you could think of, to me, and this is not to say that your dad is some monster or anything like that, but it is extraordinarily strange that you have almost no memory of interacting with your dad in any meaningful way that I can tell. Yeah, he... I mean, you're intellectually curious and you can't ever remember correcting him once? You're learned and educated and, and love pursuing knowledge and you can't ever remember correcting your dad once? What the hell do you all talk about? The Red Sox. <laughs> um, and, um... So your dad must just hate being corrected. I remember um, talking about Um, about my atheism with him, and um, and he seemed to just uh, sort of shrug uh, his shoulders and say, "Oh, okay," even though he had um, brought me to church and, and had uh, been active in in the church and making sure that I went. Uh, on a weekly basis and and all that stuff. And how did it make you feel when he said, oh, okay? Well, it made me feel um, you know, pretty crappy. Because it was like, this is something that that he had been uh, adamant about for you know, 16 years. Um, and uh, then when I said, you know, I, I don't think there's a God. Um, he said, oh, well, okay. And I, I didn't feel, uh, I didn't pursue that. Why not? Um, I'm not saying I, you should have. I'm oh, just yeah, curious because that would be the logical thing to do. It would be like, what the fuck? You dragged me to church for 16 years and 18 years and it turns out I can just change my mind whenever? What the hell? Right. Yeah, that would be the... Uh... Well, your convictions, man. <laughs> yeah. So why didn't you pursue it? Well, it um, must have been that I, I knew how he would react and I wouldn't like it. And how, I think that, how would he? I think that he would um, react with uh, apathy, and then if I pushed him on it, it would turn into defensiveness. And what would that look like? Um. He, he might say something like, oh, well, it's, we did, um, we did what we, what we thought was, uh, was true. And we, um, 
and it's okay with us if you if you are an atheist. Um, well, but sorry, you've read Untruth, right? Right. So you would know enough to say, but wait a second, Dad. When I was five or six or seven years old, you didn't present religion to me like we think this is true, right? Right. This seems to be true. You presented it to me like it was true. And now that I'm asking you questions or I have doubts, you're totally abandoning ship. But that's not how you... Oh, you're becoming all foggy and relative now. That's not how you presented it to me when I was a kid. Right. I, I had... I don't think on truth was out yet, but uh, I certainly the, the principles were there um, before before the book was released, and I, I would have. Um, that's what I was thinking at the time. I was like, you know, you you did inflict this on me for for uh, eighteen years or sixteen years, and it was a a not very um, positive force in my life. Uh, all uh, in retrospect. So right, so why haven't you talked to your parents about this? I'm sorry? I why have you never talked to your parents about this? Well, now it's because I don't I don't speak with them. But um, but before it would have been because... Um, um, well, one possibility might be that it's because I didn't want to, to have to look that beast in the eye. I have to look that... Um, that abuse um, of morality and truth in the eye, and not just that, but not just that abuse, but his his um, his apathy towards the abuse. Well, and and it sure as hell wasn't apathy when you were a kid, right? Right. Well, I, I mean, I mean, it would have been, it would have been apathy ap- towards towards me pointing out that he had, that it was uh, not. That it was damaging to me and that it had been, had been false. Okay, now what is it, uh, what would we call somebody, or would there be a term that we would use for somebody who bullies children with absolutes and when the, those children then grow up and turn out to be unfortunately a little bit smarter than he'd hoped, he then gets all relativistic? We, we call them dad. <laughs> um, we do, and what else? <laughs> Uh, well, we, we call them a bully. And a coward. And a coward, yeah. I mean, that's, that's an, I think, an important aspect of this, which, which seems to me a little bit under-processed for you. Because it's, it, it's horrible to look at our parents and just see them for who they are when it really is an unpleasant sight, right? Right. But, you know, he kind of lauded it over you when you were a kid, and he was the big Old Testament thunder god of truth, right? And then right. You, go, you grew up and you started asking a question or two, and suddenly he's like, hey, you know, anything goes, right? Right. And this, this is just a, this might be a little, uh, might be a diversion, but it's something that, uh, that I think might be relevant as far as uh, correcting and, and having facts and, and things like that. When I was younger, um, I guess uh, elementary school age, I would um, make these statements uh, to my parents, and that would um, that would seem plausible to me, but um, weren't weren't true, and um, and so they they became known as uh, uh, Bubba facts. Um, 
like, oh, here's, here's, um, here's Bubba here to, to give us another, uh, another uh, statement of, uh, of dubious uh, truth value. Um, and that was you, right? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was Bubba. Right, so dubious truth value was something that was pretty painful for you, right? Yeah, expressing like things, that, that, expressing that, uh, that, things of dubious truth value. Right, right. Because it, and it, it led to... There was no curiosity, right? There was no curiosity. There was no teaching you how to think or how to look things up or praising you for your creativity or anything like that. You were just kind of marked, right? Right, yeah. If I would ask a question, uh, they would say, oh, go look it up. Uh, we had a, a set of uh, encyclopedias, and uh, so if I if I had a question, my mother would say, "Well, go look it up." And uh, nine times out of ten, I'd go back to my room and and not not look it up. Um, yeah, because what you want is a shared activity, right? You want your mom to say, "Let's go look it up." Yeah, that would have been nice. That, that would have been, been wonderful. Yeah. So. Why was your mom unable to talk to your dad about these sorts of things? Was she afraid? Like, I don't understand the fear yet. I'm not saying it's not real. I just can't get the fear of your dad yet. Uh, um, oh, why? I don't get what's scary. He, um, when we would, um, Um, when he would, he had this, this weird thing about his feet. Um, whenever he would stub a toe or where, whenever he would, uh, someone would, would step on his, on his foot or drop something on his foot or if he'd drop something on his foot, he'd, uh, he'd get, um, really agitated and he would, uh, sometimes he would, um, punch, uh, uh, I remember one time specifically he, he, was standing next to this like um, cinder column that's in our kitchen, and um, someone he either stubbed his toe or or someone dropped something on his toe, and and he and he gets really really mad when that happens, and and he punched uh, this cinder um, column, um, but that's that's the um, the extent of of his. Of why there would be fear in that sense, and he he didn't withhold resources uh, or anything like that when he was angry. He wouldn't uh, he wouldn't withhold allowance or or wouldn't. Um, Sorry, he withhold. wouldn't withhold resources when he was angry. Well, I the, don't the think that's the, the physical resources. Yeah. Well, fuck the physical resources. Who gives a shit about that? Well, Excuse so. <laughs> but that doesn't matter, right? right? Right, but I'm, I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Allowance. I want dad, right? I'm trying to narrow down the. Um, but you realize, that, but sorry, do you know why that statement just seemed so astounding to me? Uh, no, go ahead. Well, it seems to me that your dad withheld himself the whole goddamn time. Right. Stayed at a distance. Stayed in deep orbit. A cold, oh. critical eye. Right. Definitely, yeah. So, withholding resources, he's withholding every resource. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. And so the 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 fear was. Uh, wait, sorry, so, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Do you see how you you may be perceived as skimming over this a little bit? Well, I, I wanted to to get back to the. Um, well, I'm going to tie that. Okay. No, don't don't move on. That's important. Because you're an intellectual, right? Right. Right. And what that means is that when you grasp something intellectually, and I know I'm an intellectual too, at least I pretend. When you grasp something intellectually, you think you've got it, right? Right. So you're like, oh yeah, my dad withhold, withheld himself. Check. I understand that. Okay, to move on, right? And that's the the source of the fear. Go on. Oh, and that's what I was trying to say uh, to draw that back to the to the fear, make the connection that the with the withdrawal of himself was what I was afraid of. Okay, forget what I said. Completely irrelevant. Although I think the intellectual thing is true, it doesn't matter in this case. So, um, so when he would withdraw himself. What would that mean to you emotionally? Um, it was uh, isolating, very um, uh, isolating and uh, and uh, hurtful. That um, very. Um, Isolating and, and hurtful made me feel very uh, alone. Right. Do you think that your father was aware how his withholding of himself affected you? I think that... Did he uh, know, sorry, to put it in another way, did he know that you were scared of him? If he... I, I think that he must have known at some level. Um, I mean, just a, a glance at my face as he was stomping through the uh, through the living room would have would have tipped him off pretty pretty heavily. Or the fact that you don't like to talk to him about anything personal, though, that's important to you. Right. Right. This is a guy you salute from across the quad at best, right? Right. So, and, and he consistently did things that made you feel anxious and uneasy and um, unsafe, right? Um, or not secure. Right. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say. Do you mean uh, do I, that I feel not not secure? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Right, because when you are a parent, if you withdraw yourself from the child, that is just about the most aggressive thing that you can do. Right. So, if your dad knew how his actions made you feel negative feelings, bad feelings, unpleasant, painful, fearful feelings. Mm -hmm. And he consistently did that to you. 
What else do we know about him? I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Well, what would we say would be a character trait of somebody who consistently and voluntarily inflicts pain on an, and suffering on another human being? Uh, an abuser. And a sadist. Right. Right. Because he enjoyed, he must have enjoyed it, because we don't do things for no reason, right? We're not determined, but we don't do things completely randomly, right? Particularly when those things are consistent over a long period of time. Right. So we may be getting a little closer to what is so scary about your dad, is that you have, it seems like, almost no bond with him. And the reason that you have no bond with him is because he breaks that bond whenever he wants to, right? Mm -hmm. If he's displeased, fuck you, right? I used to think that we had a, um, a bond by, by doing stuff together. Um, he was very involved in, um, in Boy Scouts, but that's not, that's not a bond. It's not a real bond. No, I, my brother and I founded a company together, worked side by right. side for years. Absolutely, it's not a bond. Right. Right. The bond was uh, was not something I could depend on. It was not something I could uh, I could trust. Right. Right. Which is not a bond. Right. Right. Um, Go on. Well, I I started. Uh, this might be where the intellectualism really kicks in. But I started looking, uh, searching, um, just now, uh, back trying to understand how that could have, what was prompting my my father to do that, uh, going through what I was prompting your father to withhold himself. Yeah. To. Uh, act uh, to be a, a sadist um, and um, I was looking through and thinking back through his his childhood um, well you'll never know I think yeah I mean this is my my maybe you I mean maybe you'll be the first right but you'll if you're like everybody else that is a fruitless quest hmm you will never, like, of course, as an intellectual, you want to understand the root causes and so on, right? Right. But that's not going to work for you. Yeah. All I'm going that's to run into is, I'm sorry. All, all I'm going to run into is, is his mythology. Uh, what the only, the only information I have access to is, would be his mythology about what, what his childhood was like. Well, sure, but much more importantly than that, I think, David, is that, what you do by running to try and understand your father is avoid your own experience, right? I don't think that's necessarily true, but maybe you can tell me more. Sorry, somebody making a crinkly noise? I just find something kind of yeah, that's, that's me, sorry. Okay. Well, would you say that there has been some 
I don't know to whatever degree it may be surprising or radical, but some illumination of things in this conversation, right? Um, I think so. I, I don't actually know. No, it, it it feels just like it's. Um, it seems uh, as though it's. Um, Almost like I've, like I've covered this before, um, but. So you came into the conversation with a fairly a good understanding that your father was uh, a sadist. Um, and that I, he uh, with himself from you. Uh, consciously, well, we don't know. It doesn't matter the degree to which consciously, but consistently, for many years, and that he was a coward uh, because he inflicted his rank opinions upon you when you were helpless, and then when you gained some power, he shrugged and cast them off. Which meant that he only ever had those convictions to bully you, not because he believed in a goddamn thing, right? Um. I mean, if all of that's Stuff that you already knew, that's fine. I just want to understand. Because it seemed new well, to me, but it's me, right? So I don't mean completely new, like you thought your dad was a saint and now he's revealed it's not. But in okay, terms yeah, of... A, certainly more clarity and more uh, more moral clarity and more um, moral understanding in that, yeah. Right. And then when you have some way of framing your experience with your father... The first thing that you want to do is try and understand his motivations, right? Right. Right. That's, I don't think, I mean, I'm, in fact, I'm quite sure that that's not going to give you what you want in terms of happiness and peace of mind. Because it's not your dad's experience that you need to understand, right? Yeah, it's... Um... It's mine. Yeah, because your childhood seems like a massive fog to me. Mm. I'm trying to think about a time when I ever disagreed or corrected my father. Right. That's, that's a huge fog, right? Right. I mean, I had a crazy-ass abusive mom. I can remember just off the top of my head probably 50 to 100 times. And I bet you when I started talking about them, which I won't, but if I did, uh, more of would come up, right? Okay. But for you, there's a big fog, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the fog that... I mean, that's what, I mean, to me, that's where you need to go, right? It's your father's true. motivations won't clear up the fog of your history, right? Because you feel, okay, well, if I understand my father's motivations, then I'll understand something about my history. But I don't think you will. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why your father did what he did. Because when you were a child, it didn't matter. And that explanation of why he did what he did wouldn't have done a goddamn thing for you as a kid, right? Right. Yeah, you're right. And and it's that, you know, the inner kid thing or our early experience and so on that we need to, to sympathize with. Because the danger 
of growing up with complete, well, with largely dissociated parents, or let's just say a, a, a distant and cold father, is that you will try and think through th- situations, and also that you will be disconnected from yourself, right? That I'll um, act unconsciously. Well, that you will um, not, right? Because because when we started talking about your childhood uh, experiences, even tangentially, you went off into analyzed land, right? Right. Right. So, and that's what I mean by being disconnected from yourself, right? Okay. Yeah. Because obviously, it felt like shit to be raised by this dad, right? And and it felt like shit particularly because I bet you that there were times when he was fun, right? Yeah. Like he had a good show going on, right? Everybody thinks he's he's a great dad, right? And Boy Scouts and church, right? Mm-hmm. Which only serves to isolate you further, right? The reason that these sadists create such amazing false fronts is to further isolate the child, right? Right. It's like oops. right. You just try saying something bad in this community, buddy. You'll see how it goes, right? Right. Now we and the last thing that I'll talk about, at least from my from my side, is how did your dad correct you, right? So if you made a mistake. I really uh, I don't have any uh, memories that are, are coming to mind of that happening. Well, Except this is why the, 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 in my opinion, then this is why the chat room went nuts, right? Well, the the Bubba Fat thing that I talked about. Yeah, you'd mentioned that earlier for sure. Yeah. But, um, but if that's... if you can't remember how a cold and somewhat cruel dad corrected you, right? Then it's in then all of that pain is entirely unprocessed, which means it's going to erupt in ways that you don't understand, right? Well, the, the thing with the coldness is that it, most of the time, it um, it took on a, uh, a warm, um, friendly veneer, uh, sure. except for when we were, when my sisters and I were, were bickering. And even... Even in, in the, the last conversation I, I had with my parents, where I was uh, talking about um, about um, what it was like, uh, some of the some of the things we're, we're talking about now, the the uh, um, the uh, abandonment or the, the emotional coldness. Even then, my my father um, didn't didn't get didn't appear angry, didn't, um, still sort of kept that, that smiling, um, visit, uh, smiling face. Um, and when he, 
Sorry, go on. When he went to uh, to correct or to disagree with me about about um, about what what my experience was growing up, he he um, shook his head and and say no, that's not that's not how it how it happened. And sort of shrugged his shoulders and said, well, that's that's not. Um, it's not how it happened. You're you're remembering incorrectly, right? So he was certain that you were wrong, and he just out flat out said you're wrong, right? Right. Right. And so what that, happened? And that Jack? might that might have happened uh, earlier in the uh, in my life as well. Oh, I'm sure it did. And so what happened in the chat room? What did I say uh, that triggered all of this? Well, um, you came in and, uh, and the first thing you, you said was, uh, well, it wasn't the very first thing, but the first thing you said about the subject was, um, it's, it's not libel if it's true, it's not gossip if it's accurate, in my opinion, and just sort of, oh, oh, okay, this is where I, this is where yeah, I this, of, is, this, this is this, this, this is this is where I started getting really um, snarky and and um, uh, you said um, I said Steph I'm not using gossip as a slur or a negative just as a descriptor and you said oh it's a negative no question about that and then I yeah, said and, and oh well that, that's when you mind. got mad right yeah yeah because you immediately you you just withdrew right you were just like okay fine fine right right yeah I take it back it wasn't gossip. And that's really annoying, right? Right. Because if you have you have firm convictions and then someone challenges you on it and then you just immediately throw your hands up and say, fine, I'm going to change my mind completely, everybody knows that's bullshit, right? Right. That you're yeah. just pissed off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So clearly, at least clearly to me, right, it's just my opinion, clearly when I came in and made an absolute statement, this is not open to question, it is a negative or pejorative term, that pissed you off, right? Right. Right. And earlier we were saying that when you were trying to explain all of the complexities of your history to your dad, he was like, nope, you're just wrong. No question. Right? Right. So, because there's no possibility that I could have pissed you off with that statement to the degree that it got, right? I'm, I've got to be completely free to disagree with you about the definition of the word and be certain, right? I could be wrong. Maybe somebody would come up with a definition that said gossip means uh, you're draped in flowers, right? <laughs> Maybe I would have been completely wrong. God knows it's happened before, and without a doubt it can happen again, right? But I'm perfectly free to come in and disagree with you about a word, right? Right. And be certain about it, right? I mean, you came and disagreed with me about slavery, and you were certain about it, right? Right. I didn't dump all over you. I invited you in. Tell me more, right? Right. So I'm free to come in and disagree with you, right? Yeah, you have to be. Well, I don't have to be. I am, right? Just as you're free to disagree with me, right? Right. Now, you understand that intellectually, right? Right. But what happened for you was a whole complex series of historical defenses came into play, right? 
unprocessed anger at your parents, unprocessed anger at your childhood and, and at your inability to communicate thing one of your childhood with your dad who just flat out told you you were wrong, right? So when someone comes in and abruptly and certainly corrects you, what happens? Well, it, um, it reminds me of, of all those uh, um, reminds me of my dad. Well, I'm going to go one step further, though, David, and say it doesn't remind you of all of those things. It becomes those things. Mm. Right? If it reminded you of those things, you would say, holy shit, this really reminds me of my dad. But this is Steph, not my dad, so whatever, right? Right. And, but, I, and I had that experience. Uh, Sorry, go on. I, I had that experience uh, on a more conscious level at the end of the chat. Um, I, I think, I think I, I started, um, I think I, I started waking up from that sort of thing towards the end where I, I caught myself being very sarcastic and snarky and, and said, you know, this, that's, let's slow down and, and examine that a little bit. Um, at least that's what, that, that was what I was consciously thinking when I said, um, I apologized for for being for the sarcasm, and, and later on in the conversation, and, and said, "Well, I think that was I, after I gone." No, no, that was while you were still here. Um, let me see here. I don't um, recall that. But I could have missed it. Well, I I said um, I said uh, Sean said something about uh, oh Sean said, "Isn't gossip another word for small talk?" I've seen it used like that. And then I said, only derogatorily, though, Sean. And then I uh, immediately said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm feeling frustrated. And then, sorry for the sarcasm, uh, that is. Um, and that was just Right. But the, the sarcasm was, um, was uh, directed at, at Sean, but uh, it was certainly aimed at you. Well, I'm I'm not sure what that means. That's too complex well, for me to follow in a chat room. But okay, but, so, but you see here so when, when sorry, but but you said that the word was only used in a derogatory manner in this section, right? I'm sorry. I, I see. here it says the, the word is only used in a only derogatorily though, Sean. You said right. Right. Which which so was, do you see how my head is spinning at this point? Yeah, You're that's, what, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say was that that was sarcastic and it was um, it, it was um, meant as a, uh, oh like you were rolling your eyes like oh yeah well only derogatorily right yeah right, yeah, right. yeah sarcastically and, and and so that's what I mean when I said that the sarcasm was was directed at Sean but intended for you yeah does that, does that make sense? Well, it doesn't work, though, right? I mean, if uh, right, because then you say you, you say to Steph, Steph, I'm really sorry for this. I don't know what's going on, or whatever, whatever, right? Like, but but to me, the, you certainly didn't apologize to me, right? Like, I, I'm just saying, like, because you say, and look, I'm not demanding an apology now. It doesn't matter for me. The time has passed, but. 
but you say that you woke up to it, right? But what I would understand by the phrase waking up from it is, oh my God, right? <laughs> I've just been kind of snarky, right, to, to a guy that I kind of like and respect or whatever, right? And who's been pretty kind to me and so on and so on, right? And who accepted my criticisms with grace and, you know, published them openly so that people could hear them and so on, right? Because that's the way, when you, when you corrected me, it was open, it was published, you know, whatever, right? Right. And so some guy came and corrected me, and it turns out that he was pretty right. I was pretty right about the word, right? Yeah. Because I said it was negative, you said it was neutral, it turns out to be chiefly negative, right? Right. So I was more right than you. And I'm not trying to win any points here, I'm just looking at the facts, right? I mean, I'm not right about everything all the time, but in this situation, I was much more right than you were, right? Just about this word, I don't mean about the whole thing, but just about this word. Right. Yeah, and it's definitely... Um the case that that it is usually intended as a as a derogatory term yeah right so to me waking up is saying oh my god i just got really snarky and hostile towards a guy who took my corrections with grace who was actually right so what should i do Okay, so I guess I didn't wake up. Well, but what should you do? Well, if I had woken up, I should have said, Steph, I'm, I'm very sorry uh, that I um, was... Um, um, I should have been more uh, direct and explicit. Sorry, sorry. More direct and explicit? I should have been. Because for me, you weren't at all expressing direct. In fact, what happened was you didn't communicate me with it all for days. Right. Right. And I mean, just my interpretation of, of that was that if. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess I. Come on. I, I, know, I know that you thought I was being a jerk, right? There's no way that you could have sustained a couple of days of treating me not too well, right? You weren't being abusive. Or I'm not, it's nothing like that, right? But it was not, not your greatest moment, right? <laughs> I mean, and we all have them, right? We all have them, obviously, right? But there's no way that you could have sustained a couple of days of not apologizing to me without turning me into a bad guy, right? It's not possible. So what was your story about me that sustained, and this is uh, I, just so you can understand, right? Because you say you woke up, and I would question that, right? And not because I want to get you or put you down or grind you down, but just because well, what I mean by waking up is quite different from what you mean. And, and if I can sort of give you that distance or give you that gap, then you won't think you've woken up if you haven't, right? Which then, would be terrible, because then you think like, woof, you know, I'm awake, but I'm not, right? Then... <laughs> Okay. Um. 
So when you were talking to people about this, you said staff what? Um, now, I'll accept that you don't remember things that happened 10 or 15 years ago. I know for sure that you remember exactly what you said. And I'm not trying to grind you down or anything like that. Like, I just genuinely, we all have to look at our dark side. And, and I've, you know, <laughs> I have to look at mine pretty much every day, right? Okay, this I is, a lot. okay. Right, um, the, the story was that I was waking up and that I, this is the story, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It just sounded like you were poised to, to jump on the on the point there, um, that I was, that I was waking up and becoming conscious of the, of what I was, of, of my sarcasm and, and snarkiness, and that I was starting to talk about that, and then, and then you left. Right. And why did I do that? In this story, in this narrative, right? In the story, it would be because you, um, um, I guess that it would be because you're, um, that you're a hypocrite. Yeah. That, okay. And what that, else? That, that you, you are interested in, um, that you say you're, you're interested in exploring, uh, feelings. But when we start, when we, when I stop talking about, uh, a, a debate topic and, and move towards a, a feeling topic you you take that as a as a reason to to leave right so like i'll talk a lot about rtr but then when an actual conflict occurs i just storm out right right and right. and it, okay. it immediately reminded me of of my father well yeah i mean i think that when i came in and said no it's it's a negative term no question right that that this was Deadland already, right? In my opinion, right. And and I became very conscious of that. Um, of that, um, I became very conscious that there was a, a dad element of it. Um, once uh, once you left, and I and I felt that that feeling like I was ten again. But then you got but, uh, but I didn't. Me, right? Now Steph's making me feel. But, I feel as bad as when my dad was around, right? I'm sorry. But then you got more mad at me because then it was like now I feel as bad as when my dad was around. This yeah. totally reminds Steph totally reminds me of my dad, right? Yeah, yeah. I, or I, something. I didn't. I didn't go back far enough with it in the conversation. With that, with that realization, I didn't go go back to the beginning with that realization. Right, right, right. Okay, so what happened was then you were just about to to. I don't know, transform the conversation with an apology or this and that. But I stormed out not giving you a chance in violation of all of my own principles, right? Right. So Steph becomes a, uh, a hypocrite. Uh, Steph becomes uh, um, somebody who's, you know, uh, uh, talks a big talk but doesn't uh, walk the walk and that kind of stuff, right? Um, right. In, this, you know, in, the, in the narrative in, or whatever, narrative, right? Yeah. Right. And so you don't need to to apologize, right? Right. I think that the... Um, uh, 
the story was that I had tried to apologize and then that had gotten me, me nowhere. Right, right. So, so it's like I tried to apologize. The guy just slammed the door in my face. And so forget it. I've already tried. I'm not going to sit there and beat my head against the wall. I'm not yeah, going to be – yeah, I'm not going to do this little dance for him until he's satisfied, blah, 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 right? Right. Right. And uh, was this something – I mean obviously you, you must have talked about this with other people, right? Right. Right. So, so you um, – uh, this, this story went around to other people, right? Steph's a hypocrite, uh, this and that, right? I think that it was more um, – Sorry, that's a yes-no thing. I, again, sorry to be an annoying guy, right? That's sort of a yes-no question, right? Obviously, you, I mean, you must have – because if, if it's mythology, we can't keep it to ourselves, right? Like there's not one Christian. They all have to get together, right? Mythologies require that they uh, spread to other people, right? Yeah, I, I definitely um, uh, I definitely put that idea I think I put that idea forward um, to to get people's uh, opinion of it. It wasn't uh, wait. You mean like you, no? You you can't have. And again, look, I I, I know my own dark side, uh, so I'm I know what I would do in your situation, and it's not like I've never done it before, right? But I wouldn't put it forward as a theory, right? I would put it forward as a this is what happened. I, that um, that sounds right. With with well, the, uh, you tell me the, is that is that what you did, right? And again, I'm not, tr not trying to pin you to the wall, right? I'm just trying to sort of give you a sense of what happens because I'll provide you an alternative, right? An alternative way of doing things. But, but you kind of went out and as we all do when we feel wronged and, and so on, um, you went out and you tried to enroll people into your story, right? That might and the way that we know whether we're doing oh, that or sorry. not, if we put it out as, sorry, if we put it out as a genuine theory – then what happens is people give us feedback and we incorporate that, right? Right. Yeah. You either well, yeah. You either incorporate it or you, or you analyze it and, and, I mean, you, you don't automatically incorporate every, everything, but you put it through a, a, um, a, a vetting process or something like that. Right. And I know that you weren't doing that because you didn't apologize. I'm sorry, I don't quite follow. Well, I know that you weren't going out to the other people uh, in the chat or whatever and saying, this is what uh, occurred, what do you think, right? Or going to people who would be sort of knowledgeable and say, this is what happened and gave an accurate description or whatever, right? Because I think that people would have given you the feedback that uh, may not have been in accordance with your story, which would have helped to wake you up, right? Hmm. Oh, uh, one idea might be that I had, um, that I, uh, 
I think that on a conscious level, I I didn't go trying to you know, recruit people to the Steph is an evil guy club. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I certainly did um, express my uh, that that story, and I right. solicited feedback on it. And did you get but, feedback that changed your mind about it? Uh, no. Right. So that means that you weren't out soliciting feedback, right? Um. Yeah, even though I thought I was. No, agreed. Look, even though, look, you genuinely felt that you were in the right. I I fully understand that. You weren't like, boo-ah-ha, I'm going (laughs) to, you know, like I'm in the wrong and I'm going to spread all this nonsense. And I I, I understand all of that. I'm not saying that you sort of set out to do anything malicious or nasty or anything like that. But just, we're just looking, trying to look at the facts, right? Right. 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 So that's not just between you and I, and I guess the God defenses, that's not what I would call waking up. And for myself, and again, we all have these temptations, and Lord knows I've been known to be snarky, right? Yeah. But, um, but, but waking up is, you know, I've, I've, I did something unjust. I'm not a bad person for doing something unjust, right? Because the reason that you don't want to take on that you did something unjust is because for you, it feels like the bottom is going to fall out and you're going to fall forever, right? Right, it's hard for you to look in the mirror and say, "Man, I can be a, <laughs> I can be a bit of a jerk, right?" and still feel like a good person, right? Right. Yeah. It's in either or, right? Either I'm right or I'm fucked, right? Mm. I'm either a good person who does nothing wrong or I'm a bad person who does nothing right. So um so waking up is is not the right the right phrase to use there. Um, but well, I, I was just I still name, think, I'm sorry. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I, I know. I, I know you're using my phrase and, and I did not use a good phrase there is what I'm, is what I was trying to say, say right there. And, and so I, I, I still, um, I still can't, um, I, I still have the, the feeling that I was doing, that it was, uh, it, if it wasn't waking up, and, and it wasn't waking up, it, it, it that I was making uh, a step. Oh, I, yeah, look, and, look, and, 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 and then, credit for that. You didn't go limey on me, right? So full and, credit oh, for that. Right? Yeah, God, no. Uh, no, seriously, seriously, yeah. full credit for that. Honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you did everything wrong or anything like that, right? Right, but what I think that what might have happened, or there's good evidence to show that what happened was I, I took that that small step that I, that I, uh, I took in in trying to, to talk about what was going on emotionally rather than talking about the gossip, I took that step and blew it out of proportion. Right, and I would say... And I, and I that used the, that as a as the, the basis for the rest of that mythology that um, that I had tried to do good and, and Steph had uh, rebuked me and um, 
and was not um, was not treating me justly. Right, right. And I would I'm going to say something completely surprising here, but hopefully hopefully it's surprising, right? The reason that I think what was missing in this step was uh, empathy for yourself. That I that I jumped from. Um, well, uh, what's what step? Uh, the reason that you didn't apologize is you didn't have empathy for yourself. The um... and you you would I mean it would be hugely unlikely for you to have given your childhood easy and well it's impossible that you would have easy and natural empathy with yourself because nobody had empathy with you when you were a kid right like you even say just to jump back in time a second and I understand why but I would oppose it to my dying death uh, to my dying day you say my father got mad because my sisters and I were bickering and that's not true your sisters and you were bickering because your parents were shitty yeah yeah, it, it, this it's an effect, it's not a cause, effect. right? Yeah. But you still put yourself as the proximate cause of that, but that was the effect of bad parenting. Right. Kids bicker when they're alienated, when they're scared, when they're lonely, when they're bitter, when they uh, feel discarded, when they feel worthless. That's what bickering, and couples do that too. They bicker because they feel worthless. With couples, it's a difference because they're an adult and they've made a choice, but with kids, I mean... You bickered because of the bad parenting, right? The bad manifestations of bad parenting did not occur because you were bickering. But, but the, the way that, that it would make no sense for you to have easy empathy with yourself because nobody had any empathy with you and it was not modeled for you, right? I mean, your dad didn't have empathy for anyone, right? Yeah. And your mom was no better. Go look it up. Right? And so I can only tell you what works for me, and maybe it'll work for you as well, right? So when I do something unjust, then what I say to myself is, hey, I just did something that was jerky, right? I did something that was mean. I just did something that was underhanded. I just did something that was manipulative. I just did something that was wrong. This must come from a place because I'm a good person who wants to do good. And if I do something that's wrong, it must be because I was taught something really bad or got a really bad lesson when I was a kid. Right? Because I'm not a malicious person. I'm not a, a malevolent person. So if I do something that's mean, it's got to be scar tissue. Right? Right. And that doesn't mean that I don't have responsibility for it. It doesn't mean that I don't make a commitment to not do it again. But if I do something mean, it's got to be scar tissue, right? Right. And the way that I avoid doing mean things is not to get mad at myself and not to just blame others and make up stories, although God knows that's tempting, right? But to say, this must come from a place that's really hurt in me that I didn't know about, right? Right. I can be a good person who did a bad thing because I had a bad lesson, right? There's a 
movie, my big fat Greek wedding. And there's this guy who joins the family, who joins this Greek family. And there's this brother in the movie, this Greek brother, who teaches him Greek phrases, right? And he says, this is how you say thank you for the cake, right? So then the, his mother, his potential mother-in-law hands him a cake and he says to her in Greek, nice tits. Because right. he was taught the wrong phrase, right? Right. But that's not the same as him wanting to insult his mother-in-law, right? Right. So if you're able to look at yourself and say, it's not either or. It's not if I admit fault, I am suddenly a bad person. Doomed forever and I'm going to be attacked from here to eternity, right? But I just did something that was kind of jerky and mean. So I must have got a bad lesson here because I really genuinely want to be a good person. And I want to do what it takes to do the right thing. So if I did the wrong thing, it's got to be scar tissue, and i got to go and figure out what that scar is, right? Because the fundamental lack of empathy that you had was not towards me, but towards yourself, right? Because mm. once you're sorry that whatever made you do this happened to you, once you're sorry that it happened to you, you can be sorry that it had this effect on other people, Right? Right. Like, when I, when I apologize to people, what I'm really saying is, I'm really sorry that this happened to me, and I'm sorry that I then did it to you. But the first thing you have to say is, I'm really sorry this happened to me to begin with. Because you didn't choose these parents. You didn't look down from heaven and say, not those warm, caring couple, not that nice, loving couple. I'm going to take the cold, sadistic bastards, right? You didn't want to learn those lessons. You didn't want to have a dad who stalked out of the room, who didn't talk to you, who you can't remember a goddamn thing about. That's not what you wanted, right? Yeah. So you didn't want to be in a situation where you're in a chat room and get inexplicably angry for reasons that don't make any sense and then get fussed up and make up stories. That's not what you want, right? Right. And that's not what you wanted but that's the effect of what you got. And that's the, the, the horrible and positive thing about life is that we got to play with the hands we've got, but we can play them intelligently, right? And since you are such an intelligent person, that's, that's the route that I would say forward, that you can do a, a mean thing or you can be um, uh, sarcastic or, or mean-spirited or whatever. You can be aggressive and still be a good person, right? right. You just got to have empathy with whatever causes you to go to that dark place, right? Yeah. And that's what I mean by waking up, right? Right. Right? I have devils within me. I didn't make them, I didn't want them, I didn't buy them, I didn't choose them, but they're here, and we got to learn to work together.
And um, what are you thinking or feeling at the moment? I'm uh, trying to collect myself. So. Well, something happened, I think, to you emotionally over the last minute or two, and you can tell me what that is. There's no need to collect yourself. We can all be a big fat mess here if we want, right? Uh, the last last couple of minutes with the uh, this idea of uh, of empathizing for uh, with uh, with myself, uh, I felt it uh, just about the uh, the incident that you uh, you first said it uh, uh, several minutes ago. Oh. I'm sorry, my, was that clear? My, my hand was covering my mouth. Um, I, I think I got it, but just, just uh, say it again, or, or if you don't mind, just uh, make sure I Sure, can. sure. That uh, I, um, um, I, I felt it immediately, um, almost, it actually, yeah, it was immediately as you were uh, starting to, uh, as you, you said that it was um, a fundamental uh, uh, lack of empathy for uh, for myself in the past couple of, of minutes um, uh, it's been sort of weeping and, and, uh, and muting my microphone every so often to uh, blow my nose um, right and what is the feeling that's uh, behind that Uh, pain, uh, pain that I, uh, that, uh, and, uh, and this might mean that I don't quite uh, get it, get it, yet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I feel uh, some uh, some shame for not uh, for uh, uh, for how I uh, treated you and uh, and. Uh, the very basic uh, distrust that I that I had for for you and for the uh, for some of the people that I, I spoke with afterwards. Well, I appreciate and, that, and, and, and it's but I and, I, so, and, and uh, that's why I said I, I don't think that I think that that uh, that might mean I don't quite fully understand it yet. Uh, or that it's um, avoiding uh, focusing on the uh, on the real source of the of the pain. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, and that it sounds an awful lot like the. Uh, it, it's like a. Uh, Almost as if I'm, I'm feeling it, but my uh, I'm feeling the, uh, the the pain, but still talking about the uh, about 
the things that I did to uh, uh, instead of feel that pain. Like yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, honestly, I'm feeling, I'm feeling I, appreciate, sorry, I appreciate what you're saying, but but it's the empathy with yourself that you need to get to. And I think, and you don't have to do this live. You don't have to do this with me. I mean, they don't want to push anybody into a corner, right? If you want to talk about it, great. If you want to sit and think about it, that's great too. But it's that sadness and that pain that is the totally counterintuitive place that you have to go so that this stuff, uh, so that you can not have this stuff happen, right? Right. Yeah. And and I don't, uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I guess I'm I'm not. Connecting it. I, I mean, because I. I had the immediate and overwhelming uh, emotional uh, upheaval and uh, experience when you when you propose the uh, the idea that I should uh, try to uh, that that really the the way out is to is to empathize with myself and the way forward is to, to empathize with myself I, I had the, um, the emotional uh, experience when when you said that, and now that I'm putting it into words, it's uh, it's almost as if uh, when I now that I'm trying to put it into words, I'm reverting it back to uh, to what it was before I felt the uh, the emotion. Right, right. Well, I mean, the way that you're going to feel this is is probably through you know slow breathing and physical relaxation, perhaps massage, or I mean, there's lots of different because for you the words become a barrier sometimes, right? Mm. So, uh, and, and that's, I mean, that's fine, right? I mean, we, we've had a long call, so I don't want to sort of exhaust you completely. But, um, but uh, so th- that's sort of the stuff that I, I wanted to get across in terms of, like, it's, it's not, obviously, it's not about a, a word definition, and it's not about this, and it's not about that. The roots of this stuff go very deep, right? And uh, if we don't know where these things are in ourselves, and we don't work to have some sympathy for how we ended up with these, uh, with these issues or, or problems, then we do tend to... Um, to recreate stuff, right? Because you felt isolated over the last couple of days, right? Yeah. Right. And that's because you were lacking empathy for yourself. You were, um, uh, you were appealing to mythology and so on, which again, this is, no, I'm not, I'm not in any big high tree casting down aspersions because we all have this temptation and God knows we all do it, right? So this is nothing like that. But what happened was, because you got overtaken by the past, you ended up recreating the past, right? So you recreated the kind of isolation that occurred for you, right? Mm-hmm. And a fear of a loss of community in the way that you felt a fear of the loss of your parents, right? Or rejection by a community in the way that you felt a fear of the rejection by your parents, right? Right. And this is the Simon the Boxer thing, right, that's in the RTR book. Right. And so this is about, you just got to go back and remember and have some empathy with uh, just the horrible stuff that you went through. 
And, uh, you know, we all have this temptation to compare it to other things like, well, I was never beaten in this, but that doesn't matter. None of the, the only thing that matters is the original experience, which we integrate, absorb, and it gives us much deeper wisdom. Once we have the empathy with ourselves, we end up not having to apologize that much because we don't end up in these situations. But without the empathy for ourselves, this stuff erupts, right? And it just catches us by surprise. And suddenly we're like, where the hell am I? <laughs> right? What the hell happened? Right? Right. So, I mean, that's all that I had to say. Was there anything else that you wanted to uh, to add? Uh, I'm not fishing for I anything. Really, I'm just honestly. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. I mean, you don't have to say anything. Right? I'm just wondering. Right. Yeah. I. I uh, and there's nothing you should say. Again, just so in case you think, is Steph waiting for an apology? Like, it's nothing like that. I mean, well, just, I actually, just that you wanted to add. I, I actually um, was thinking back. I, I do, I, I want to apologize, but it, uh, um, I got the sense that, that you didn't think that it'd be uh, appropriate at this point. Or that it, it well, was. it's not what I think, right? I mean, you should do what you feel is right, right? But you certainly shouldn't do it because I think it's right or wrong, right? That's the, 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 unfortunately, I missed that whole cult bandwagon back at the beginning. Much though I'd like to reiterate it sometimes now or reinstate it, it seems to be beyond my control. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, whatever you feel is right or, or if you feel like you want to think about it or whatever, I mean, that's, you know, because you've had a whole lot of being ordered around in your life and having to conform to other people's needs and expectations, right? Right. So yeah, it's, uh, sometimes I, it can be hard to we want. Sorry, go on. Yeah, and I, um, I truly do feel um, feel sorry, and and I and I I apologize uh, for um, for for how I uh, for how I acted, for how I treated you. Um, it's not the um, it wasn't with the. Um, it wasn't with the um, the trust that uh, that you've shown empirically uh, to uh, and, and experientially to, that uh, um, uh, I acted against all the. Um, all the experiences that I had had with you um, through uh, uh, talking on on the boards and talking on the uh, uh, the the chats and and um, being uh, helpful uh, and 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 a trustworthy person to uh, um, that that I should have. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm really having. Look, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's... Don't you? You can take your time. It, to me, the apology doesn't matter. I mean, I appreciate the sentiment. I really do, right? But the the, the last. Sorry, there is last one last thing that I'll say very briefly. But this is why I didn't stay in the chat room because I knew how deep this went, and I knew that there is no conceivable way 
that we were going to get this coming on for two-hour conversation with all of the complexity and the emotionality of that in a chat room. I also knew that I was mad enough in that interaction and felt uh, uh, angry enough that I couldn't type something nice, <laughs> right? Right. And that there's no way that this, how deep this went, could have been resolved in that chat room. Right. I also knew that it was not going to be possible, or I believed that it was not going to be possible for you to turn it around on your own, not because you're weak and not because you're bad, but because the stuff goes so very deep, right? Mm. So, I mean, that's why, I mean, I know that it appeared like, well, Steph's just mad and he stormed off and so on, right? And I was mad, no question, right? But I knew that this was deep enough that it could not be dealt with in a chat window. Right. And and I couldn't um, fake an empathy that I an empathy for you that I didn't feel at that at that at that time cuz God knows that wouldn't have helped you at all, right? Like if I come across like cloying and all Buddhisty and shit like that and namaste and tell me about your feelings cuz I was mad, right? right? And my anger in my view, was healthy, right? Not because you're some massive prick or anything like that, but my anger was healthy because there was something unpleasant that was going on. There was something that was negative towards me insofar as it was not me who provoked it, but it was me it was being taken out on. So my anger was, in my view, I, I always take this general position as I've talked about in podcasts, my anger was really healthy because there was a boundary violation and a trust violation from my standpoint but that didn't make you an evil guy. Right. Right. So when, when people talked about this, uh, it, when, when we talked about this uh, afterwards and people said that was abusive, I said it was not abusive. Right. He's not an evil guy. He was not being abusive. Right. I thought that he was being dishonest. Right. And, and not because you're a dishonest person. I mean, God, if you were a dishonest person, I wouldn't bother talking to you at all. Right. So it's not because, but in that moment, there was not honesty, but also I felt that was not the capability for honesty because the roots of this stuff went so deep and you weren't having empathy for yourself, right? Right. What was so the... just, just so you understand, I mean, it doesn't matter, but just so you understand my perspective in, in that moment. Right. And um, what were you feeling in the, uh, the day or two that, that had passed after that? Well, I was not feeling particularly uh, hopeful. Uh, I certainly was aware that um, uh, uh, I was aware that because you hadn't apologized, that you were going to be, you know, out sewing stories. Uh, I also knew that you were tortured by this, but that you weren't able to find your way to empathy with yourself, and therefore to, you know, because in order to apologize to other people, we have to forgive ourselves first, right? Otherwise, the apology comes across in a way that doesn't work, right? If I forgive myself for being bad, then I can really apologize to someone and focus on them, right? But if I don't forgive myself for doing something wrong, I can't apologize in any meaningful way. And I don't, I try to avoid that because otherwise, to me, I end up being manipulative. But, um, but yeah, and I was like, well, shit, I mean, I'm certain, like, I'm not going to talk about this with David in the chat room. 
right? So when you came into the chat room, I never sort of like, ooh, I really want to stay. It was always like at times when I had to go, but I didn't want to get into a discussion of it in the chat room. Mm -hmm. uh, I also didn't want to uh, make overtures, right? Because to me, you had to go through a process of sort of trying to understand what was going on for you first. Uh, and also because I felt, rightly or wrongly, I felt like the wrong party, I don't make overtures when that's the case. I want to see what the other person's going to do. Um, and uh, uh, I certainly had never <clears throat> never thought seriously about any kind of ban or anything like that because you weren't abusive, right? And people can disagree with me. They can get mad at me. They can, you know, all that. They can't be abusive to me or anyone, but they can certainly disagree with me and get mad at me. And you certainly weren't abusive uh, in any way. So, so, yeah, I was just like, well, this is a bummer, right? <laughs> you know, I like this guy and... Um, you know, I don't want to feel awkward in the chat room, which I like to drop into when I'm between doing work for FDR. But I thought, you know, well, well, you know, maybe if, if he doesn't apologize or whatever, then I'll just ask him to, to take a break from the chat room so I don't have to sort of go in and look around. Who is he there? Because, you know, whatever, right? But there was nothing in, nothing other than that uh, that was going on for me. Um, what did you feel when, when you um, no, saw that I had asked to to speak with you like the, the email i sent earlier today oh um i felt a bit of trepidation but then i just sort of thought okay well let's see what he's got to say right i mean i certainly didn't feel that uh, um i had anything particular to hide i was you know relatively happy to talk about um my experiences um and i didn't want it to become an obsessive combing over of the uh of the chat log, right? Because people love to discuss details when it's principles that are really at, at, at work here, right? So, um, yeah, so I thought, okay, well, let's let's have a chat and, and see how it goes, right? I mean, I certainly wasn't, uh, uh, you know, I knew you weren't going to be some <laughs> crazy-ass lunatic screeching guy or anything. So I was just like, well, you know, I hope this goes well, and let's let's see what happens. Okay. I think I still have, um, I, I think, uh, I think we've done, done a lot for, uh, for tonight. And I, uh, I definitely appreciate, uh, taking the, uh, the time to, um, to go through this with me. And I, uh, I think I still have uh, a lot to, um, to work on, um, uh, even though the, the idea that, uh, of uh, empathy for myself uh, really struck a chord. Uh, I think that it needs to uh, sort of uh, strike a symphony uh, before. Huh. Um, well, that's my trick, right? Is I spend 90 minutes not getting to the point, and then when I do get to the point, you're totally surprised because you think I'm never going to, right? But sorry, go on. Oh, yeah, that's not quite what I meant. but uh, I know, I'm just kidding. Go on. Okay, okay. Uh, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I wish that, that there was a, uh, that there was something you could say to me that would, um, that would, uh, would, um, would, uh, flip on that empathy switch, but I think that that's something that, that I'm going to have to take more time with. Right. And, okay, one, one, one more tiny thing is that, you do have an empathy switch in you. Right. You do. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you know when you need to be empathetic with yourself? Excuse me? When you most need to be empathetic with yourself. When is that? 
what's the signal for you? Um, uh, when I, um, I think it's when I, when I start intellectualizing. No, that's too hard. And plus, that's 90% of your waking life, right? So <laughs> that's going to be hard to differentiate. Right. The, uh, the, the empathy switch that you have, David, when you need to most empathize with yourself is when you get that flash of anger. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's your signal, right? Yeah, yeah. That's your like, okay, here I'm coming to a place where I was never treated well and I get really punchy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And that doesn't mean, and, and that's why I use the phrase a rush of anger. It doesn't mean every time you get angry, right? Because maybe you get angry completely justified, right? But when you get that rush of anger and a desire to to hurt, right? Because you've you got to, as we all do, right? You've got a cruel streak, right? Mm-hmm. Bit of a cold side, right? Right. I mean, this is how you were raised, right? I mean, we, it leaves an impression on all of us, right? How we were raised. But yeah. when you get that kind of, rush of anger that seems to come out of nowhere and and in way like for stimuli which is not particularly obvious right it's not like some guy coming at you with a baseball bat or something that's when you need to empathize with you that's your empathy switch right so there is an empathy switch you just gotta you know it's a it's a bit wired backwards at the moment right but but you definitely have a very clear signal about when you need to empathize with yourself right the most Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that is, uh, gives me a lot to work with. And that's good, right? Because you, yeah. you don't want to say, well, I don't even get that signal. I just wake up with a head in my bed or something, right? I mean, <laughs> right. I just wake up with a dead hooker, right? I mean, that's <laughs> not what you, I'm not saying you're anything like that, right? But yeah, but I, I mean, you you have a you have a precise and conscious stimuli uh, in this area which can really help guide you, right? Yeah, yeah, and and just thinking back, uh, I see examples of that um, flashing to my to my memory. Uh, so yeah, that that sounds like a yeah. And uh, listen, write that shit down. Write write all that stuff down. Write write down what happens. You know, there's there this, this is annoying shit that you got to do. It's like personal house house cleaning, right? It's like physiology. Or physiotherapy after you get an injury, you got to write down. Well, I felt angry. What happened right before? What is similar to what has happened before? Uh, why? What did I want to do? And like, oh, you just got to get the habit of this. And that way, when it comes, it doesn't catch you totally by surprise and swallow you whole, right? Right. So, okay. Well, listen. Uh, yeah. I think we can stop here. I do appreciate uh, it's a, a long, long conversation, and I know it was kind of grueling for you. So, I certainly do appreciate that. Um, and uh, I hope that uh, I hope that it, I'm glad that it was of, of some help to you, of course, right? And I'm certainly glad that uh, that we got a resolution here. I mean, that's that's always a plus, right? So yeah. Um, so uh, that's good. I certainly feel better, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that you do as well. No, I do. Yeah. Right. Great. Okay. Well, uh, keep me posted. Right. Um, that's what you said. Will you be sending this uh, to me? The, the chat? Uh, I certainly. I certainly will be. And uh, do you want me to not send it to the other people who are in the call here, or is that all right with you? Um, that would be all right with me, yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. 
Hi, it's Stefan. I just wanted to mention that there was one other thing that I noticed on editing this, uh, re-listening to this podcast, is that David's reaction when I confronted him with what I perceived as an elemental fact that this word gossip is negative was to abandon his own position in a kind of passive-aggressive way. And now that we've heard about how his father reacted when David confronted him about religion, that his father simply abandoned his position in a passive-aggressive way, I think we can see the patterns, how deeply rooted these patterns are. And again, I'd like to thank everyone who participated in this conversation. Uh, I think it was really helpful, and I hope that you will let me know what you think. And I look forward to your donations. Remember, your money is spent to advertise and spread this conversation around the world. I think it is a huge amount that you can do. Every dollar that you give over and above what Greg and I need to eat and live, every dollar that you give is spent to get this word spread around the world, which I think is a positive viral infection of rationality. So this is a huge thing that you can do to help the world become more free, is to help us spread the word. And if you don't have the money, going out and spreading the links yourself is a hugely fantastic thing to do. If you have more time than cash, get in contact with Greg on the board, Greg Gauthier, and give him anything that you can give in terms of resources or time or people we can contact. We hugely appreciate it. This really is how the world, I believe, is um, is going to be saved one person at a time with the greatest philosophy conversation that's going on at the moment, I think. So thank you again so much. I will talk to you soon.